Welcome to the BU Podcast. BU Podcast. Welcome. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's another edition of the BU Podcast. How y'all doing out there? Don't forget, you can get the BU Podcast on all streaming platforms. Like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. If you type in the BU Podcast, you should be able to find us on any of those streaming platforms. Also, check me out on YouTube at the BU Podcast. Also, check out the Instagram at the underscore BU underscore podcast yeah 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 that's what i'm talking about (laughs) man i'm happy to be back on the mic again sorry for being away so long again just getting things together here in the states as everybody know i have transitioned here um and there's been some ups and downs some twists and turns um but i'm alive and well i'm blessed and things are going extremely well with me and my family yeah, 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 back on the mic. Yes, sir. So today, um, I got a pretty interesting topic I think I want to talk about. This might be for most of the guys, but let me not say that because I know there's some girl gamers out there now. Um, but I don't think so much at the time when this uh particular game released that there were many girl gamers. Not that I knew of as I was growing up um, in the 90s and the 2000s, right? So, check this out. Who remembers playing, sitting down after school or wherever it's so may be at somebody's home, an arcade somewhere, because arcades were big in the States at a time, but then they slowly died out. Shout out to the arcades that still exist in Japan, because you can still find several of them with old legacy games, et cetera, et cetera, in Japan. Um, There's no shortage of those. And, you know, picking up the sticks on the Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and who remembers playing Street Fighter 2. All right. I'm I'm pretty sure that's bringing back some nostalgia for some people. Who remembers playing Street Fighter 2, man? Epic. Um, Street Fighter 2 was released in the 90s. Let me check my notes. The 90s uh, to be exact, I think it was 1992. Um... It sold on the Super NES 6.3 million copies. And then Turbo sold 4.1 million. All right. To date for Capcom, this is the highest selling game to date. All right. And I think, you know, any avid Street Fighter uh, uh, players or gamers uh, understands and knows what theme is playing in the background at the, at the moment. Uh, this is reused stage, reused theme, epic. Um, brings lot, brings back a lot of memories for me as well. Um, and they've remixed it, revamped it for the new Street Fighters and things as well too. But this is his theme. Um, so the reason I was thinking about Street Fighter was that, of course, 
when I was a young buck playing the game, enjoying characters such as uh, Ryu, the man from Japan with the bandana that's just travels, you know, basically the scrap. And then Ken Masters, the white blonde haired counterpart to Ryu, um, who is also a black belt uh, martial artist. Um, and, you know, colorful, and I, listen, I do say colorful, colorful characters like Dalazim and Zengif and Ihanda, Chun-Li, um, Barlog, and Vice and Vega. You know, just enjoying all these character, char- cool character, caricature, caricatures. I can't get my words out, excuse me. Um, and playing this game with my friends, uh, you know, losing, winning, uh, you know, throwing controllers if you do lose, getting upset, slamming doors, and just enjoying that. But I realized, I think it was probably when I was got into university or maybe even high school, probably not even high school, or just later on down in my life, and look back at Street Fighter, and I said to myself, man, this game is pretty racist. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely racist and prejudiced. Anybody else ever notice that about Street Fighter? How stereotypical and racist it is? Right? It's crazy. And that dawned upon me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have a podcast about this. Because I'm wondering, one, if anybody else, especially gamers, are aware of this. And two, to inform those that made game or played Street Fighter or seen Street Fighter that to bring their attention to this. So, as I stated, Street Fighter was created in 1992. Um, in 1992, um, you have to think that this is right off the... Uh, Japanese economic bubble. So they're booming. Uh, like I said, they're pushing technology to the United States, such as the NES, and then you know the following after five years, the Super NES, which is where Street Fighter 2 came out on. And they're just doing their thing, sitting on top of their high horse. And also, of course, during this time, Japan, which it still is today, but even really during this time. Um, it's still very uh, in their values, their structure, hierarchy, and things like that as well. So, of course, Japanese men are still wearing the suits, working administrative jobs in companies, uh, working at companies like Capcom, at, at Capcom. Um, of course, at this time as well, probably not not many Japanese women are holding positions such as game designers, game engineers, um, tech, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. So 
and also the other big thing is that still at this time even in the 90s japan is still relatively close to foreigners in a sense um i spoke to individuals that were in japan in like in the early 2000s i got to japan in 2011 and they would tell me that it was still places in japan you could go and there were no english signs like even in tokyo even in tokyo along the Yamanote, inner tokyo 24 wards shinjuku akihabara Ugusugidan, Shibuya. These places, still the English, still wasn't extremely prevalent. So in 1992, it was some speaks and spats of foreigners in Japan, but it was it still wasn't, you know, that accustomed to having us there yet. So, in turn, of course, since the Japanese aren't, and these are my idea, the Japanese aren't really exposed to foreigners, aren't speaking to foreigners, not getting to know who they are, what they're about, and things like that. So they have all these preconceived notions and crazy stereotypical uh, prejudicial ideas about us, more or less. Hence, Street Fighter 2 characters. Okay? Think about so many characters, man. Okay, first, let's, let, let, let's, let's head it off with uh, Zangief. Okay? First of all, Zangief is... <laughs> the name itself is just very, uh, stereo, I believe, very stereotypical um, of somebody who's never met a Russian in 1992 would think a Russian name is Zangief, okay? Um, so Zangief is this oversized Russian wrestler with this buzz cut that only uses grappling attacks most of the time in, like, in, in wrestling moves, right? But the thing is, he has these scars on him, right? Zangief has these scars on him. And at the time when I was growing up, I didn't I didn't realize that they were scars with the way they were engineered on his body uh, during the time. So he has these scars on him because he's wrestles bears. What? Yeah. He, because he wrestled bears, he's <laughs> in Russia. He has scars on him. Okay. And another thing is, which I read, and I, I don't recall this from 1992, because uh, I never beat the game with Zangief. If you play Street Fighter 2 back in the day as a game, you, you never really use Zangief. Like, so I really want to know. And I, when you beat the game with him, he's doing. I don't know the name of the dance, but it's the dance where the or Russians squat down to the to the floor and they do those kicks. He's doing that with Gorbachev in the end of the game. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. Really, Japan? 
Come on, man. And then let's look at Dalzine. Yunga Lane. You know, I had to do it. Yunga Fire. Epic. Nostalgic signs for Street Fighter 2. But Dalzine is from India. <laughs> okay? He's from India. And he wears shrunken skulls around his neck. And he can stretch. And his fighting style is based off yoga. <laughs> his stage looks like something out of a Bollywood movie. He can float and spit flame. Really? <laughs> if that's not above stereotypical and racist, I don't know what it is. Right? And then let's look at one of the most I think probably played with characters uh, in the franchise, especially during probably the 90s was Gaio. Some, some people call him Guili, some people Guile, you know, who whatever, however you like to call him, go, go, Gaio. The American soldier with the blonde high top type of thing going on. One, I don't know how why Japanese thought his hair can stand up like that because come on, let's be real. Unless he jailed it like every day and every night to have it stand like that. But he has a high top fade, a blonde high top fade. He wears a tank top. He has an American tattoo on his shoulder. And he wears camo pants and throws sonic booms. Really? And it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny to me that, you know, as a child, and I'm sure there's many other individuals in the adolescent that were playing Street Fighter 2 just weren't looking at this and saying, man, this is some ridiculous stuff going on here, you know? But my biggest question is, is that that even after all these years, and this is so amazing to me, after all these years, this franchise, and don't get me wrong, I plead the fifth, I love playing Street Fighter. Like, you put some Street Fighter in front of me, I will play. Do I think now that I'm a 35-year-old man, seeing the characters and even new characters that they create are, are quite can be quite stereotypical and ridiculous? Yeah. But that doesn't take away the fun factor from the game. At all. But it makes me think about how... How have Japanese creators of this game have gotten away with this for so many years? You know, I haven't seen anything on the on the news about writing letters to Capcom about how outwardly racist the game is and stereotypical it is. Um, 
I've never even discussed with other gamers a lot about how outwardly stereotypical it is. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out how in the hell do they get the pass with this? I believe if a game of that like that was made and then pushed out to Japan or whatever so country it may be, that they would have something to say about that. Like they would wouldn't sell it, they they wouldn't they wouldn't let it across their borders. That would be a domestic game only. I don't think that would make it into their market at all. You dig what I'm saying? So it's fascinating to me to how it seems like they get a pass on being and thinking like this solely because I guess you could say how overly done some of the characters like how it's like over the top racism right it's not oh that can't be real you know what i mean so so yeah just laugh about it laugh about it and have fun with it type of deal but it's not it's not like in 1992 they sat down and consulted with russians or sat down and consulted with americans or sat down and consulted with indians and spoke to them about whether whether or not this character would be culturally insensitive to so said country. I know that didn't happen. It couldn't happen because look at the characters that they have. Right? It's pretty crazy. Don't you think? All right. And get this, not only Street Fighter 2 was it just like straight up blatantly stereotypical and racist towards you you know the nations that are represented in the game got a little bit of sexism in there too so everybody knows Chun Li right Chun Li the lady from China and not only that the only woman character in the game at that time so now I read that creators were potentially looking not to even put a female character in the game right but check this out <laughs> one of the game designers his name he goes by the name of Yoshiki Okamoto Okamoto-san okay he stated this about Chun-Li and her creation he states, you know how each character has a life bar at one point? I wanted to make the power gauge for Chun-Li shorter. <laughs> what? Then for the other characters, because women are not as strong. But another designer didn't want to do that. We both had legitimate reasons, but then we came to an agreement to not make it shorter. Wow. Wow. Bruh. Wow, bro. Word? 
the sad thing to say is, is that I'm not surprised that a male Japanese game designer said this in 1992. Um, females are still fighting the good fight to take on positions of power, take on positions that are usually male dominant or considered male positions such as engineers and things like that they're still fighting a good fight in japan to be relevant it is getting better i think must will say but as i said in another episode of my podcast this is why most japanese women move abroad work in a particular society see that they're treated like an equal human being like everyone else and want to stay around it's still very prevalent in a sense uh, in Japan nowadays it really is Um, I don't know the pay statistics but to my knowledge and from people I've spoken to I knew for a fact that some female employees are still getting paid much less than their male counterparts as well. So the fact that Mr. Let me get his name again. Mr. Okamoto said some crazy ignorant mess like this in 1992 does not surprise me at all. Okay. And I want to end it with this. Since all these male Japanese designers went ahead and decided to design these characters, still designing characters today, uh, and new characters as well, too, that I feel are a little bit more whimsical in a sense, but still from some type of particular country where they sprinkle a little bit of some type of stereotype or um, racist facet within them that... Don't you think this kind of gives you a look into the way that some individuals in the society think? They made the characters. They thought about making Dalzim stretch and do yoga and when he wins a match. They decided to make this Russian wrestler guy with scars on him because he's been fighting bears and dance with Mikhail Gorbachev at the end. And, 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 and if he beat, if you beat the game with him, they decided to make a. Uh, wait, where's Vega from? From Italian, Italy? Yeah, An Italian character named Vega, who wears a mask and has a claw in his hand and wears a mask because he's so vain he doesn't want to show his face off. Really? So I think if they're making these characters based on their ideas, what does that say about them? Now don't get me wrong. The U.S. We have given millions of dollars to play it, to buy this game and to play this game, but nobody called them on this, you know. 
And maybe there are some individuals out there like, yeah, this shit's pretty, it's pretty racist, pretty stereotypical, but it's a fun game. It is. It is a very fun game. And I'm not going to deny that one bit. But at the same time, I think being a Street Fighter 2, a Street Fighter fan, or just playing Street Fighter in general, is like having a really, 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 really good friend, you know? And I mean that by saying this. Yeah, you're going to have some good times. You guys are going to be tight. And y'all going to enjoy each other a lot. But if you're doing wrong and something ain't right, I'm going to call you on your BS. And that's what it is. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up for y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all go play some Street Fighter. I hope you all go look. If you don't know Street Fighter 2, go check out uh, what it's about. Look at these characters that I discussed. Give me your ideas and ideas on you know, maybe why they created these characters like this. Why they put them in a the game as they are. Why are they so stereotypical and, and, and racist. And hopefully, you know, it was a joy to listen to and gave you some insight. Um, even after you know if you play Street Fighter 2 in 1992 and you're not and you're listening to this now I'm like oh man damn it whoa he right like <laughs> these characters are kind of whoa you know off the chain right so with that being said morning noon and night wherever you at in the world remember to always be you and I'm gonna let you know and Samuel Jackson gonna let you know what it is peace shit negro that's all you had to say